You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban and writer at Mavs.com. You got some free basketball for me, Isaac? I got some free basketball for you, and I have Nerlens Noel back in a Mavericks uniform. Let's go. That's what's up. That's what's up. (laughs) How confident are you feeling about your prediction? Yeah. (laughs) That he's coming back? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm i probably at like, like I was at a 17% before. And then now after like this week, I'm probably at a 25%. Okay. Okay. So it's getting up there. I'll, tell, I'll say the funniest post-game comment was we were talking to Nerlens. He finishes talking to the media. He Was, it like, media a, walked, was it like a huge gathering around him? Yeah. Well, <sighs> It's, I, it was kind of, it was actually kind of funny because because uh, Dennis was talking to the media, and then um, a mass PR person comes over and it's like, "Hey, Nerland's about to talk." So a bunch of people left Dennis to go to Nerland's. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah, he he talked to me for a bit, and then a lot of the media walked away, and then Eddie was like, uh, Eddie started asking his, his own questions, and when Eddie Sefko would. Dallas Morning News asked him with the paper. And it was on the re- with the paper. <laughs> he says, "You know, these last twenty games, um, you know what? What about repairing your broken kind of image right now? Are you gonna?" Nerlens goes, "I didn't know it was broken." <laughs> Such a like, perfect oh. Nerlens answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so man. that just that was the funniest comment. Hey, uh, if you guys are listening to us for the first time, uh, again, I'm. Nick Angstead. I am at Nick Van Exit on Twitter. I am a writer and credential media member for Mavs Moneyball. Isaac is also a, a writer, credential media member, and editor of Mavs.com and of uh, The Smoking Cuban. So if you guys have never listened to us, we cover the Dallas Mavericks. We talk a lot of NBA. We talk a lot of just general NBA as well. Uh, the other day we just did a uh, who would you trade if the Mavericks got the number one pick, who would you trade for? And so that's, that's a lot of of a general NBA talk, talked all about guys we were thinking about. Bradley Beal was one that we were kind of on the fence on. Clay Thompson, they're obvious guys, you know, Giannis, Anthony Davis, all that stuff. So if you're interested in that, we just did that yesterday. Uh, But today we're going to be talking about the Dallas Mavericks real close loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They lost by 1.111 to 110 in overtime. Uh, It's the first overtime game in a long time. (laughs) It feels like the Mavericks haven't played an overtime game in months. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. Do you do you know the exact date since, like, what what happened uh, last? Nerlens on the court or an overtime game? Or an overtime? I don't know, man. <laughs> it is like, man, it just seems like so long ago that that happened because the Mavericks have they've played these clutch games, but it doesn't seem like any of them have really gone to overtime. Uh, and I was yeah. looking it up earlier, and then NBA.com just kind of fizzled out on me and was like no stats available. I was like, what do you mean? You're NBA.com slash stats. Like how can you have no stats? <laughs> well it was really funny because that last play of the game, um first off I apologize because I'm walking in the rain right now. Oh so yeah. Walked hear, on Mavs. 
if you hear cars going by, that's what it is. And, if, um, and people like next to you. Asking me for money. Um, anyway, it's like, here, you want my lockdown pay- paycheck? <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So the last play of the game, you know, I tweeted out and I was like, you know, it'd be really, I wanted to say it'd be really funny if Rick calls up a, a play for three uh, whenever, last play of regulation. And it looked like he honestly kind of did. <laughs> with, with JJ, it looked like JJ was supposed to take the three, and or at least my first reaction. I haven't seen a replay and stuff of it. And then obviously the play broke and you know broke down, and Dwight Powell had his not game winner, game tying saver uh, put back. Speaking All right, Dwight Powell, Dwight Powell's been playing really good. Oh, he says it. it. He says just it. He comes out and says it. So let me get it out there, Nick. All right, that's it. That's it. That's all you got. That's all you have for this. Guy. Oh man! Now listen, listen. I do give him credit. Ever since Rick changed his role, stop, stop. Give the man some credit. Give some. Put some respect he, on his name. Like he he, every cha- every listen, time we he bring- catches the ball, so much better now. <laughs> and he every time we bring up Dwight Powell, and every time I try to give him some credit, you're like, yeah, Rick changed his role, and now he's a good player. It's like. Rick changed his role and like that really helped him out a lot. But he he now like finishes through contact and stuff. I'm like, who is this? Yeah. And he like he catches the ball so much better now. And yeah, I mean, I mean his plays are catching oops. I mean, let's be honest. He's the way he's playing right now is what we thought Nerlens was going to be all year. Uh, not as is there a bomb going off where you are? Hold on, I. My car is so j- jacked up. It sounds like I. Every time I start, it sounds like a machine gun going it off. It just sounds like you set off a bomb, and then it was like click timer, like waiting for it to go off. If we hear a giant explosion, <laughs> I'm still putting it in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just never hear from me ever again. Yeah, during the game, I realized like, what if I told you at the beginning of the season that Dwight Powell would have more starts than DNP CDs, and that Nerlens Noel would have the opposite? <laughs> like that. <laughs> I mean, I would have told you you were stupid. Right. I think everybody would have. That's just. Not... I mean, it kind of. We had it. A... Kind of goes back to Rick Carlisle's classic quote. Like it went kind of under the radar, and I even tweeted it out. Yeah, that was like, a really I good quote. That he was. Can I sum it up real quick? Yeah, go. Okay, if you didn't see, if you didn't see my tweet or hear Rick's thing, Rick said the other night after the game on Monday night. He was asked about Dwight Powell's play and how well Dwight's been playing. And he said, man, you know, something happened in L.A. I got off a bus and there was a car full of people. And they yelled at me and said, make sure you keep playing Powell. He's killing my fantasy league. <laughs> and, and Rick basically said, if you would have told me that that would have happened at the beginning of last year, or the beginning of this year, uh, I would have called you stupid. He didn't say that, but he said, you, I would have rolled my eyes. <laughs> Basically saying Dwight sucked. I never thought anybody in the world would ever use him in fantasy <laughs> until now. And I just, I, I don't know. That this is one of my favorite Rick quotes all year. It was a great quote, and I think the underrated part about that quote that no one will be able to hear because I don't know how many people recorded it. Actually, I think I recorded it. I'll put it in the pod somewhere. But uh, his accent that he used to make to, to like imitate what that guy was saying, like he put an accent on it. It was like this weird Southern like Midwest kind of deal. <laughs> oh Rick. Oh, you, Rick you ever notice now in games I mean I know there's a lot of like subtle things now in the Maverick season that you know people bring up tanking and different stuff but 
in the obvious things for people of how they maybe not try to win uh, every game. But we, you know, some of us sometimes we notice the small things that that have changed too over the second half of the season that just indicates of okay, let's just they're just ready for the season to be over. For instance, like I feel like Rick never argues with the refs hardly anymore until tonight around like overtime. Like when was the last time we ever see Rick just like chew out refs anymore? Yeah, it happens maybe like once a game where he gets real into it, but then. Then uh, there's a couple times in this overtime or even in the, the fourth quarter where you had like Harrison Barnes going in and getting that charge. And then usually a coach would just try to defend his guy, even though even if he didn't deserve it. But they were they did cutaways of Rick like straight to him. And he was just like, you know, that Rick kind of not, <laughs> not smug, but just like, oh, well, there you go. He <laughs> that, complained like, about the Carmelo, the Carmelo post up towards the end of the game. And he clearly shuffled his feet and walked. Yeah, and I'm like, that was clearly a walk. Another thing that sometimes fans, like, well, fans wouldn't know this. Oh, the, uh, the other, probably, the uh, other one, by the way, that, that Carlisle complained about was the out of bounds play where it was obviously off of Stephen Adams uh, on the baseline. That one he got really fired up about. Huh? I don't remember that one. I think it was but another, anyway. another, another one of the small things that Nick and I were just talking about the other day is, I mean, going back from like a month ago. The Mavericks haven't had a shoot around before before game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so pretty much like in, in, they did this inside last year the, too. Inside the media world, like you, like we'll get an email, uh, usually the night before, the day before, saying, "Hey, these are the times before game day." Saying, you know, the, you know, Mavericks will have shoot around at blank time. The you know Other the opposing team. team, whoever it is, will have media uh, media available shoot around at this time. Usually it's like an hour after the Mavericks, and it's sometime in the morning of game day. And then later on, it's all the you know press conference times and all that stuff. Well, for, literally for the past month, it's like you know Oklahoma City is shoot around at this time, media availability. Mavericks will not have shoot around <laughs> every single time. <laughs> literally, it started from like a month ago, and probably won't have another one the whole rest of the season. And you know they don't do a ton in those things, so it's not that big of a deal. But it's just kind of funny that. That's where we're at in the season right now. Yeah, and it's the same thing they did last year. It's like when as soon as they get eliminated, they're they just say, "Well, you know, there we go." It's not like we're gonna, I don't know. That's not we're not gonna improve any doing this, so we might as well just <laughs> might as well yeah. just not do it, I guess. the uh, The last overtime game was against the Lakers back in January. It was January thirteenth. It was an overtime game. They lost. Um, yeah. Okay. That was Nerland's the last time. Nerland played last time, I think November twenty second. Man, that's a long time ago. I could be wrong on that, but I think I think someone said that. That was the uh, Harrison Barnes game winner against Memphis. Wow. Huh. That was a long time. By the way, we can't get through the pod without mentioning that uh, Dirk hit 31,000 points, which apparently isn't as impressive as 30,000 points because there was just way less <laughs> way less people uh, interested in that. Yeah. It was. I saw some national coverage of it, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, I got some people tweeting it out and stuff, but they like the they like the uh, the big round numbers, thirty. Yeah, just, just the round numbers, <laughs> the even numbers. Yeah, no, not not. So, can't, thirty-one doesn't work. Can we just squash the? I seen I seen it, people on Twitter a little bit tonight. I was like, can we just squash that he's not passing the this year? Oh, he, he. So you're saying he's not? Yeah, he's not. He has like four hundred something points to get there. 
Uh, he'd have yeah, to average, he needs to average like 21 points a game. Yeah, he's averaging 13 or 12 on the season right now, so it's not going to happen. There's, there's a chance. I think at the beginning of the season he had to average 15 or 16 to do it, like the whole season. And uh, yeah. he's, he's, he's not going to get there. But every time they mentioned Wilt Chamberlain on the broadcast, Skin Wade just kept saying, you know, this is going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I know we've been talking about how the door might be, be closed for, for Dirk next year. Like, that's a possibility. But Skin thinks it's definitely going to happen. Hey, that's cool. Like, yeah, I mean, we hope he does come back. I just I just say if you can get tickets to one of those last few games, I, I think you should do it. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. And these home games have been really fun. I mean, the, the crowd. Oh, my gosh. Tonight was awesome. The crowd during the Indiana game the other night was awesome. I mean, just, just being there. We, we It ruined a Locked on Mavs podcast that we tried. I mean, the crowd yeah, is so loud no, you couldn't no even hear earthly, Isaac. Yeah, there's no earthly way we would have been able to have it tonight. I mean, it was it was off the chains tonight when that just them coming back and passing them up and. Even, like, shout-out to Dennis for some – I thought he had some really great defensive plays on Westbrook, like staying in front of him. And some of these plays and drives that normally people just can't stay in front of Westbrook on. And I, don't, I thought I thought Dennis played a pretty decent game on well, both sides. Well, yeah, there was that uh, – in, in overtime, there was that end play where he, um, he did the – Oh, it was the uh, offensive foul where Dennis just flew back. It looked like Westbrook hit him with just like a power strike. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Like, boom, and he just flew backwards. And uh, that and was most, – o- most people wouldn't even be able to get in front of Westbrook to draw that play. No, yeah, because he turns that corner so fast. He gets around him, kind of throws his shoulder around the player, and then he's able to just cut straight to the basket. But Dennis was able to just, you know, shuffle his feet just right and be able to stay in front of him. And then also, I think – there's a balance thing when it comes with with taking those charges like that. I think Devin Harris was just so good at this. He was just had such good balance that he was able to. You kind of have to keep upright and then be able to fall a certain way. <laughs> you know, like it's not that he's flopping all the time, but the fact that you you kind of sell it that way and that you can stay yeah. upright without just completely you know falling over yourself. I think I think is that helps. Yeah, I mean there there's a there's a technique to it. That Dennis, you know, it's one of the plethora of things that Dennis is trying to add to his game over these last, you know, part of the season. Uh, but what'd you think? What What was your opinion of Nerlens tonight? I thought Nerlens was about what I expected. Uh, the three turnovers were were not good, <laughs> um, but he did he did combat that with um, at least one assist. I'm not seeing any in the box score, but he definitely had at least one assist um, to uh, to Harrison Barnes in the corner. Yeah. Oh yeah, he had one assist. He, he, he had the three turnovers. That that pass to Harrison Barnes though is like, that's the that's what we can get from Nerlens Noel that you can't get from a lot of centers that that defend the rim like him. Uh, there's there's more and more now. I mean, like Andre Drummond can probably make those kind of passes. Jokic obviously you have you know like Towns could probably Davis, but I mean, that was just a really good really good pass and a good heads up play. And and Dennis was really trying to find him in the post whenever they played together. They I think they really I think one of the reasons why I feel confident and I'm at like 25% thinking that Nerlens is going to come back is that him and Dennis really want to play together. Yeah. They do and you know Dennis Dennis mentioned it uh, a little bit after the game, but Nerlens specifically mentioned it too because you know Nerlens was asked different things. I asked him about his mindset these last 20 games and you know, he one thing he mentioned uh, more than once was, "I just want to build chemistry with these guys, 
And then he mentioned Dennis by name like twice, saying, you know, I just look forward to building more chemistry with Dennis. And, you know, Dennis in particular, just being able to play with him more and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, they do want to play with each other. So it'd be cool to see that more of these last 20 games. Yeah, I mean, we, we should tell everybody at the beginning of the season, back, I think it during media day, before all this, you know, New Orleans was going to be sat and all this stuff that – that they specifically mentioned each other. They were they were asked. I think Dennis during the, the press conference that he had, he said, uh, you know, Nerlens is an ideal big man for me. Like he's the perfect five for me. And uh, exactly, and yeah, he said that. Nerlens Noel said the other said the other thing about Dennis. Like he's the perfect point guard for me. And so we were like really excited about their chemistry. And then all of a sudden, all this stuff happened, and and uh, it just turned into one of these. I mean, it's just a, still a weird situation to me. And I really hope that they can rectify it and bring it back. Um, did you go to Carlisle? He played more minutes than I thought he would. Yeah, he played about 15 minutes, a little more than 15 minutes. Yeah, and, like, you know, they completely erased Salah and Maxi from the rotation for yeah. New Orleans tonight. And my, it, I could be wrong, but I think they only played nine players tonight, which is wild for the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah. So Carlisle's been sticking to this, you know, 10-11 man rotation, just throwing guys in there all the time, especially when – you, know, you had Maxi playing. You have other guys that are in the game. I mean, Collinsworth didn't play tonight. You, you know, he said Maxi didn't play. Solid didn't play. Yeah, they only played nine nine guys because you got McDermott, uh, Yogi, Nerlens, and JJ coming off the bench there. Scotty didn't play either. Yeah, Scotty didn't get in the, again. Scotty uh, hasn't even played. No, I don't think he's going to. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, unless they're going to stop playing JJ. Or Doug. Yeah, or Doug McDermott, or they play. I mean, Wes Matthews played 42 minutes tonight. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Jeez. Uh, this is the anti-tanking Mavs. I think it's pretty clear with that. Yeah. Uh, to, I mean, Tim McMahon had a really funny tweet that he, he said uh, a couple six days ago or so, Mark Cuban got fined six hundred thousand dollars for talking about tanking, and today he is arguing for calls in the fourth quarter of a tightly contested, <laughs> tightly contested game. <laughs> Dude, it was so awesome. Like, just the whole atmosphere tonight, it felt like, I mean, Cuba was on the court pumping up the crowd. The crowd literally was going nuts in there tonight. It was cool to see Dennis late. Oh, my gosh, Carmelo Anthony. Please. <laughs> okay, so he's not going to be able to play him in the playoffs. He's no. going to be their new cantor. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, dude. If, if Dallas is doing this, like, strategically coming down at the end of the game and getting him switched off, what on earth? I mean, James Harden is licking his chops right now. He's going to make Carmelo look like Wes Johnson oh, tonight. James Harden, Kevin Durant. I mean, even like Towns. Can you imagine them switching Towns onto him? <laughs> you know what? I almost tweeted out, but I knew it would be semi-hot take-ish. But now you're Josh, just going to say it in a podcast in front of like thousands of people? Josh Hustis is greater than Carmelo Anthony right now. Wow. <laughs> For wow. that team. Dude, Carmelo just is so like, – He's a black hole on the offense sometimes. And I know he what he probably finished with like 16 or something tonight or 18 or no, he, he had, had a he little had stretch there. Really? Yeah, he was 5 of 14, 12 points, 5 of 14, boards, let's go. Four fouls, minus two for the game. Man, he – I mean, I know it's his ego thing, but that dude needs to come off the bench, man. It's, it's rough. I think OKC fans are going to be so pissed on the playoffs. Because oh. I think that's going to be an even bigger story than what it is now. Man, can you imagine? So 
I, if you're an OKC fan, you're listening to this after the game, I, I just apologize for what I'm about to say. Can you imagine if next year they're stuck with, like, Paul George goes to L.A. or goes wherever LeBron goes, and then Carmelo stays, he still has that last year of his deal, and then they have Westbrook with this massive deal, and, like, <laughs> and they just can't. And Westbrook, they, Carmelo, and Steven Adams. Yeah, Westbrook, Carmelo, and Steven Adams, they can't do anything at all with, with that because that just clogs all your cap. Yeah, I will say this. I love Steven Adams, man. Oh, that dude. He's like at some point when the season's over, Nick and I will will do our like favorite non Mavericks. Like a, we'll create like a roster or something or a starting lineup, and yeah. like Steven Adams would be on mine. Like I love that dude. I like the way he plays. I miss the traditional big man down low, and he's a monster, man. And he doesn't do. He's not bad when he switches on pick and rolls either. No, no, he can move his seat. When Bill Simmons had that fake trade that Dallas ended up with uh, with Steven Adams, we got really excited about it. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Maybe a little too much. Uh, I saw a video of Steven Adams recently where uh, he was calling out all the defensive, you know, alignments and all the defensive stuff, and then he was, uh, like, patting players on the back and just being super excited all the time. And I was like, man, like, what a good teammate. What a good guy to just have around. Like, he seems like a guy that Mavericks would have. Yeah. He seems like a cool overall dude. You know so. what? You know what? He's going to be a Maverick center when he's like 35. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be the next Tyson, the ne- the next Tyson the second time, the next Zaza, the next, you know, like. <laughs> and, you, you know, we're, I was thinking about positions and stuff, and this really has nothing to do with Steven Adams, but I just thought about it more. Yesterday I went to practice, and we were talking to Rick and stuff, and, you know, a lot of I actually have a piece coming on this, coming out on this in the next day or so, but how we've talked about on the podcast and how I even wrote a piece on how I think that they're playing Dennis off the ball because they want to see what he would look like next to like a Trey Young or Doncic or something like that. Yeah. Well, now I think the table's shifting to Harrison Barnes now because now Rick says, you know, Rick says in practice yesterday, hey, like, you know, we really we got to see what Harrison looks like at the three. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to keep Dwight Powell, all that stuff. And, you know, we got to see what that looks like. And I'm sorry, I'm passing a major wreck on the highway, and this truck's, like, on top of the median. Also, if you guys can't tell, it's it's pouring down rain here in Dallas. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, do my windshield wipers, like, one at a time, and then so you can't hear it. So I apologize for the audio. Well, I, I don't but, think we can hear the wipers. We can definitely hear the rain. Okay. So, no, but with, with Harrison Barnes, you know, Rick was talking about how, you know, they really want to play him at the three going down the stretch. And, you know, yeah, the emphasis is on Dwight Powell. And some people might think, oh, this is just about Powell because he's playing so well. I think there's a deeper th- underline to that. Of, like, I think they want to see what he would look like next to a Bagley or a Porter Jr. or something like that. Or maybe even a free agent target like an Aaron Gordon or something, you know? Like, yeah. Because, you know, he said we, we, we signed Harrison Barnes thinking that he's a three that could play the four he said but over these past two years he's played mainly the four he said but now we we need to see what they have in their position wise and we need to get harrison back to the three to see what we got moving forward of harrison playing at the three so i think it's just the same concept of dennis playing off the ball i think it's them saying all right let's take a look at harrison at the three to where if we do get another four whether it's the draft or free agency we know what he could look like at the three already so which I mean I understand that concept, but it's kind of weird to me because he's played just about forty percent of his minutes at three 
via basketball reference over the last, you know, two years. And it's not like they haven't seen it. Like, I mean, that's almost half, like <laughs> that's almost half the time he's playing at, at three. It, it is the majority that he's playing at four, but I don't know. Like, does he, what does he need to see? Like what specifically, <laughs> I guess. Is I don't know. It might, it might be a different type of fit next to a four, you know, like Bagley or a Porter jr. Or like a Bagley or an Aaron Gordon is going to play a similar style to like, Dwight Powell, they're not going to play a similar style to, you know, like Dirk. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe it not, might not be strictly about Harrison at the three, but strictly about playing him next to an athletic four and what that looks like, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no. And, yeah, the uh, the Dwight Powell-Marvin Bagley, like, comparison is <laughs> not looking as, no, no, not looking no, as stupid. No, no, no. It, I'm saying just similar styles. Right of athletic fours. Marvin Bagley is don't they're not in the same category. <laughs> but that comparison's out there and uh I can't oh un- I can't unsee it. <laughs> okay. Well if that comparison's out there then Luca's JJ. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a six seven JJ. Which I think <laughs> would be a monster. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great in the league. So if Carlisle comes out you know, the next couple of days and says, we really need to see what, what we got with Dirk, with Dirk at four. That's uh, I, I'm out. I'm out at that point. I would crack up. I'm out on the experiments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally out on it. So, uh, okay. Going down the stretch, Dennis had some really, really clutch plays. I mean, we talked about the defense already. He had some really, really good drives and really good possessions. And uh, on Carmelo. Yeah. Specifically on Carmelo. Uh, there was one play I really just thought he should have just backed up and ran him down, but he instead he kind of forced up a a pass to JJ when there was only two seconds left. But then the final play of the game, what was it like in the arena? What what was the feeling of the the last play? What were you thinking that they were going to call? And then uh, obviously we know how it ended. Oh, it was just a it was just a pin drop. Like it was so quiet, and then you know it just they did their thing, and everybody was just kind of I think it was kind of in shock because. There was this silence, and there was this quick silence, and then the ball went to Dennis over there in the corner, and he shot it, and you're like, oh, my gosh, please go in. And, you know, I didn't go in. But there was a lot of OKC fans in the house, too, like a ton of them. And mm-hmm. it makes sense because, you know, OKC is like two, two and a half hours away. But it was kind of this mixed reaction because I think both crowd, you know, both fan bases on the edge of the seat. And then, like, half the arena cheered, you know, when he missed the shot, and the other half like, no, like we came back. It was such a, or I guess it could have been the pro tankers in the house that did. <laughs> I don't think there's many of those that are actually at games. They're actually at games. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Especially after that Indiana game where they won. I mean, it just seemed like everybody was happy. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, in the arena. Yeah, for sure. I was kind of disappointed that they, they wrote that they uh, drew that play out for JJ at the end. Yeah, that that was intriguing. You know, Dirk didn't even play in overtime. I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, I don't think so. Let me check. I don't think he did. Once again, I'm doing this all off the top of my head. I haven't seen any replays right You're now. Such so. a genius. No, he did not play. No, he only played seven guys. He played Yogi like a minute and a half, and he played JJ like three and a half minutes. Huh. So I remember JJ playing down the stretch there and doing his thing, but you know, I. There was, a, I mean, there was a couple of clutch shots there towards the end of regulation and overtime. Like, I, I don't, I can't remember. It's going together, but like Barnes is 
fadeaway on the baseline, kind of. Was that an overtime or the or regulation? Like, yeah, that was a big. Yeah, Harrison shot. Barnes had a he had a shot in overtime that he made, and uh, the only other Maverick to score in overtime, Dennis Smith Jr. Eight points, two of three from the floor, hit his only three, and then three of four from the free throw line. Low key, one of. Harrison's best games of the season, I think. There were some people in the media room talking about that, saying, "Hey, is this one of Harrison's best games?" And like, yeah, it probably is. They put, I mean, back, they put him back what? at three. He put him back at three, and then all of a sudden, he's like having a really good game. I mean, that's what he played at North Carolina next to Henson and Zeller, and but yeah, his I mean, first had, couple of years in Golden State too. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, he had, I think he had twenty six tonight. He had good shooting numbers for what I can remember. Yeah, he had, he had five rebounds, five assists. He had five turnovers, too, but still. I mean, got to the yeah. free throw line five times. So, for all you people that say that he never gets any other stats, there you go. It's a good game. <laughs> for all you people. Yeah. It's just, just mo- some- mostly just the money ball people. We, I can call them out. <laughs> yeah. I can call them out because I write for them. You know, you know how, like, y'all, you, know, you guys and uh, wow. Wow. some you just other went people. Straight y'all. He just went. Yeah. You know how y'all, like, uh, do your like account and say like you know maxi clever like fan account and stuff oh, yeah. like that this is a maxi you clever. should do you should do like harrison month anti-fan account or a hate account <laughs> sometimes it feels that way sometimes just sometimes All the time. depends who's running the account oh okay man i still can't get over the dwight powell had 21 points in this game and that he's been on this tear i I noted before the game that uh, before All-Star break, he was like 17 points, eight boards, shooting like 63% from the, from the field over six games. Wow. Like, man, the guy just is, is on a tear. You know what I really, really want to see? I want, somebody tweet this to me. Tweet me his shot chart over the past, like, three months. I, just, I want to see how many shots he, is, he has attempted outside the paint. Yeah, it's, it's probably not many. And, and, but here's the thing, and I'll admit this. If you told me before that, hey, they just made him stop shooting and just, like, catching oops and stuff, I would have still been a doubter. Because before, like, last year and the first start of this year, he couldn't really catch the ball. Like, that was a huge problem. Like, he would go up for oops and stuff, and it would just hit his hands. Or, like you like to count, it hit his face. <laughs> or... You know, yeah, like, we're at 28, by the way, of Dwight Powell getting hit, specifically in the face. I don't count head, but I count the face. <laughs> it just seemed like sometimes he would have, like, uh, butterfingers. Like, he just couldn't hold on to it. He couldn't, like, really throw down a dunk. He was always one of those guys where, like, oh, my gosh, you can jump so high. Like, I'll never forget the first training camp with him. For me, I asked him, like, would you do the dunk contest? How much you lo- looked up to, like, Vince Carter? And, like, but then, like, since then, I'm like, well, crap, you barely dunk. Like, you can jump really high. And now, fast forward, I mean, he's doing everything that he can do. He jumps high. He can now catch the ball. And not only catching the ball, the dude's, like, finishing through traffic like a man. Like, I mean, if he was a boy last year, he's a grown man now. And, I mean, (laughs) he is, I mean, some and one dunks just going up, banging down low. Like, that's what we wanted Dwight Powell to be. So, yeah, I mean, I can't. Yeah, you know, I can't say anything. I mean, I, I always said I wanted him to be better than what he is. It just sucks how, you know, and it sucks not really being anti somebody because a guy like that is seems like such a nice guy, and you know, Carlisle can't praise him enough for his work ethic. You saw his hustle tonight. Him diving on the floor, 
grabbing the ball like one-handed there in the paint towards the end of the game. Boxing out Steven Adams a lot. Yeah, I mean, we still got killed on the boards. I think like 20 or something. Oh, yeah. Well, he's the only one. I mean, (laughs) the only other big they played was Nerland's. Yeah, and can we say this too? Like, we really like Nerland's. But, man, like his body mass, it's a problem. Yeah, I uh, you can go to my Twitter at Nick Van Exit. I tweeted out a, uh, a picture of Nerlens in his rookie year, and then a picture of him now. And then I tweeted out a picture of Giannis in his rookie year, and then a picture of Giannis now. And Giannis has had one extra year in the league, and he hasn't been as injured as Nerlens, obviously. But oh my word, the difference between Giannis his rookie year and now, and then the difference between Nerlens and, and, and himself—like <laughs> it is—it's—it's it's crazy and. That, that, to me, makes me think that there's something with the work ethic. You know, like, that was his biggest thing coming out of college. Like, that is his biggest knock, is that he didn't have the mat. Like, he didn't just have the frame. He didn't have the uh, the build. That's the word I'm looking for. He didn't have the build on him and needed to, to build up some muscle. And he just hasn't done it. I mean, people were making jokes about his legs looking like they could break in half. And, <laughs> I mean, I don't blame yeah, him. And, the, and, like, some people throw out, like, well, he's just an athletic center, you know, and all this stuff. It's beyond that. Like, you can't be that in the league. Like, DeAndre Jordan, look how much DeAndre's bulked up. I mean, that dude's a massive human being now. And he's still super athletic and throwing down some massive blocks, doing everything that you would wish Nerlens could do. But DeAndre doesn't get pushed around. You know, there was times tonight that Steven Adams was literally just holding out his forearm and just holding, you know, holding Nerlens back. I mean, just with one arm. And, you know, that that's the only thing that really worries you – you know, for any team, you know, if you want to commit a ton of money for Nerlens to be your starting center when, you know, there's probably a good 10 to 12 centers in the league that would literally just manhandle him down low. And that that would be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that's, that's the hard part about him uh, is that you get excited about him, but – I. I'm glad that the Mavericks didn't give him that, you know, seventeen and a half million a year that deal. That oh well, how's that now? I don't know who 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 would want that to happen now. Gosh, I mean, that'd be tough. <laughs> that For as much, okay, this is the thing. For as much as people want to hammer the front office for the lack of signings and different stuff, there is also a paper trail of people that they almost signed that is not looking great in the league right now that the same people that fans got so mad at the Mavs for not signing. Nick Batum. Even, I mean, if you want to go as far as, like, Hassan Whiteside, there was a big following of Chandler Parsons. Why didn't we hand him that contract? Blah, blah, blah. Nerlens Noel. How many people just roasted the Mavericks this summer? Why didn't we just, why didn't we do this? Why didn't we sign him for that? 18, 20 mil, you know, why didn't we give him that money? Like, he could be the future center of the league. Blah, 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 blah. Well, he joins a, now a, a list of Mavs players that the Mavericks missed out on, if you want, quote, unquote, that you're looking back saying, man, they didn't you know, miss much. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I mean, even if you want to say Mike Conley, you know? You know, so, like, you're looking back at some of these guys and saying, man, the Mavericks missed out on these guys, when really you're like, I'm kind of glad they missed out on them. Yeah, there's two guys that I, I – I thought about tonight, uh, Ben McLemore and Shabazz Muhammad, that you and I were both like, oh, they should just take a flyer on them. Those guys are, have been terrible this year. I mean, <laughs> like Shabazz Muhammad can't get any time on a, uh, a team that needs some depth on the bench. 
in Minnesota. And then uh, Shabbat, and then obviously Ben McAmore, he's on that team that just Mark Marcus all called him a G League team today. <laughs> uh okay. We'll talk about Marcus All's comments later. Like because that video, you know, that video was intense. And he does not hold it, back, man. That guy, he he speaks his mind. Very few and far I between, mean, but he does. Him saying that, you know, the NBA at this level, we're not. It's not a team to sit there and develop players. We have a we have a, a league for that. We got the G League to send players to to develop young players. I mean, and that's I mean that's being truthful. So, but. Yeah, it was and, a fun night overall in Dallas tonight. Super, yeah. really enjoyed it. Even though you wanted them, to, well, I wanted them to win tonight, and a lot of fans did too. So, yeah, you, you start pulling for the win at the end. If they won, it would I would have been happy for them. It would have been a great, great win for the team for sure. Did you see the? Uh, have you seen the clip yet of Dennis leaving the uh, the court? No, I haven't. All right, so we'll end with this. Dennis was leaving the court. He was one of the first to uh, to leave the court. He was walking off. He had that face on when he gets frustrated. He had just that stone face, his furrowed brow, and just like really upset. Kind of the upper, the uh, lower lip above his upper lip, kind of. And uh, it kind of looks like the Kobe Mamba face, except for he doesn't show any teeth. <laughs> and uh, huh. and so he's leaving the court, and all of a sudden he, he realizes that Paul George is trying to give him dap. And so he turns around, he says something to Paul George, and then he walks off. And I think in front of him was, I think, Dwight and another player, and so they have that camera view that's down this long tunnel. When you leave the Mavericks court, there's this long tunnel that usually doesn't have any lights in it, and it's very dark. Like, you, you walk through, and you can't see your feet. <laughs> that's how dark it is. And so you're just walking down, and there's, like, cloth on either side. You're walking down. This time there was light in it, and all of a sudden the two players that are in front of Dennis, they move out of the way, and they go to the left, and uh, and you just see Dennis just take his fist and his, his, uh, his other fist put them together and just like smash the wall to his right. He just slammed the wall. You can hear it on the broadcast. I think I'm going to go back and post the video of this. Uh, I posted the gif earlier, but he slams the wall and he's like, and he just walks and he just walks towards the camera with just this, this look on his face. Like, man, really wanted that game. Really, really wanted that game. And I think he was a little upset that he didn't get the ball at the end too. He was asked, uh, he was asked what the play was at the end. And who the ball was supposed to go to at the end of the game? Did he say Spider Z Y Banana? <laughs> he, uh, It'd be funny if he, he said, said the name. <laughs> that would be funny. Fruit Loops. Uh, no, he, uh, he. He said, you know, it wasn't designed for a particular player. It was we had a play call, and it was for whoever just got open. So, take that for what it was. Take that for data, I guess. I do want to give a shout-out to the Mavericks, too, because uh, tonight, you all know I work for a, a, a program, mentoring program here in Dallas. And uh, tonight, the Mavericks uh, hooked a program here up in uh, here in downtown Dallas with the boys I help mentor that don't have dads here in Dallas. And um, just the whole experience. It was really cool. I hadn't seen that before. The bus outside that has Nerlens, Dirk, and everybody on, they came to the our uh, office at the organization I work for. We had 50 tickets, picked up all of our boys and like their mentors, stuff like that. They had Maverick shirts, lanyards, everything for them, like little sack packs. Uh, loaded up the bus, took them to the arena. 
Uh, they get off. The the maniacs are there rooting for them, cheering them on. The boys loved it. It was super cool. Uh, and, of course, you know, they had tickets for the game and all that stuff. So it was just a really, really cool experience. Uh, a, a gracious donor did that for uh, teamed up with the Mavericks and made that happen for our boys here in Dallas. And I know it'll be a memory they'll never forget. And just seeing I went and spent a little time with them and just seeing their faces, they were just super excited. So it was just it was, it was a cool experience for them. Yeah, really, really good stuff on the Mavericks. They're really good at that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, for all that's been said about the Mavericks organization, and, and it's been deserved a lot of the stuff uh, about the uh, the abuse scandal, the sexual harassment, all the the uh, Earl K. Sneed stuff, all that stuff. For all that stuff that was that was warranted, they also do a lot of really good stuff in the community, and they also, you know, reach out on that side for sure. Yeah, they they do uh, they do a lot, and I'll leave that at that. We will leave that at that. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Mavericks. Uh, I am Nick Angstead. You can follow me at Nick Van Exit. You can follow Isaac at Isaac L. Harris. And uh, follow us for all Mavericks coverage. We write a lot. Isaac writes a ton. He has a ton of stuff going up all the time. Uh, and you can also follow us at Locked On Mavericks. Yeah, if you have a spare canoe, let me know because I'll need to uh, <laughs> row down the road to get in my driveway. But peace out. Boom.